Justin. I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. What's up, Maurice? How are you? Pretty good. How about you? I'm great. Yeah. I am wonderful. I'm over the moon. <laughs> you drunk already? A little bit. A little bit. Oh, I've been drinking. Mm-hmm. Cool. So how you been? I've been good. It's been a whirlwind of a weekend. Um, so Friday, I sat on a panel with um, two people I went to law school with, both who have their own firm, Ayla and Carla, and another um, uh, professional, Erica. And we kind of had a discussion about police brutality in the state of the LGBT community. And it was a really good um, panel discussion that we hosted, and it went up on Facebook Live on his firm's website, or Facebook, rather. And it was like 500-some viewers. It was really nice to speak about, you know, police brutality specifically as it relates to the LGBT Black community. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really, really awesome. And it was just crazy because that day was also sad because it was like that week we had lost two trans women, one in Philadelphia, Dominique Philly, Yeah. Yeah. That day, the Trump administration reversed protections for trans people in the workplace and in employment. But then today, the Supreme Court ruled that it w- um, this Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 applied to uh, sexual orientation and gender identity and expression uh, in the Supreme Court case, Bostick versus Clayton. So mm-hmm. that's super, super exciting. And then, yeah. like, to be even more surprised, like, you know, it was a 6-3 split. So the majority was, you know, in favor at six. And uh, Justice Gorsuch, who was nominated by Trump, wrote the opinion. So that was, like, yeah. super, super impressive and nice but, to see some advancements. But what? But Clarence Thomas, come on, girl. We, we, we know not to expect nothing from Clarence and nothing right. from Brett, the alleged, no. the alleged rapist. Well, or you know, at the least, you know, in a very, very inappropriate behaviors. They had some, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I expect shit from Clarence. Wow. But yeah, so you know, other than that, oh, stuff. <laughs> I had a pretty fun weekend, too. And wait, you're breaking up. Lovely. Your signals. Blue. You say you're doing Is what? It? Yeah. I said, other than other than that. I had mm-hmm. a pretty fun weekend with my boo, and um, it was nice. A low-key okay. weekend. Cool. How was your weekend? Mine was very, very busy. I had a lot of um, different projects going on, so um, yeah, just had to get all of that stuff done um, by this week. I have a lot more okay. stuff coming up. Um, but yeah, I just spent the, the weekend kind of getting that together, and I finished that show on um, Apple Plus, Trying. Oh, Trying, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it good? It was really, really good. So I, I if you have Apple Plus, I recommend um, you watching Trying on, on there. It's only like eight episodes. They're like 30 minutes each. It's a comedy. And it's just, it's like hilarious, but like still touching at the same time. So check that out that's awesome. yeah, it was really really sweet um and then that's pretty oh. much it cool i love your shirt thank you so paper genius <laughs> sponsored our episode like a few a few weeks ago and they sent over Dad. some shirts i'll get you yours Dad. um but yeah check them out on etsy thank you and yes. instagram check and them Twitter. out on instagram <laughs> yeah at the the paper the sh- genius yeah, it's just it's so cute. I bought lots of cards for my friends, yeah. and I love them. Yes. So, what you drinking? So tonight, we had some mango and some pineapple in the freezer. Ooh. So I blended up. It's like a tropical uh, margarita. So whenever we have tequila, Lovely. I seem to cuss a lot. So <laughs> stay tuned. Oh, damn. <laughs> We do curse a lot with the tequila. Te- yeah. you know, tequila is my favorite. 
This week, um, I got inspired. I was thinking about my best friend, John, and his famous limoncello that he would make for us, and I had a longing for it. He would, like, take lemon rinds and, like, put Everclear and put it in the back of the sink. It was the best. Oh, he would make always it. always got a He'd make it from scratch. Yeah, he's a Oh, okay. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I saw this documentary this weekend, and they were, um, they were somewhere in Italy, like Positano Coast, mm-hmm. maybe, and they were talking about the mm-hmm. limoncello that um, they have down there. Sorrento. I yes, think I'm there. just I'm sipping my limoncello out of my little glass. It's very bougie, and I got my festive fun shirt to match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you already had dinner? Yeah. What? You already had dinner? Yes, I had dinner already. Okay, that's an after-dinner drink, right? It is. It's a, is it aperitif? Yeah, I don't know. Let me start acting as a child. <laughs> Let's hop into the categories for this week. It's time for category. Category is. is yes. So the first category we're leading off with is the insecure finale. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? Issa <laughs> needs to write me a check because I predicted everything that was gonna happen. <laughs> like weeks ago you did so when, when okay so spoiler alert condola yes is pregnant when she said she was pregnant i screamed i think i was like drinking water and i was screaming like maurice was right right but the thing is oh, mess. so it starts they she didn't come to like the end of the episode towards the end so it starts off with um lawrence and Issa at like a swap meat or something some kind of like farmer's market and mm-hmm. um he comes up to Issa. it looked like he was on the phone or something because he was like in the background with that same red jacket on that he's had on like all season so right. wardrobe department might need um some more money next time but so he, he walks up and he's all cheesing so he got that job in san francisco yeah <laughs> the windy city as Issa. <laughs> Oh, I, I missed that. Isn't the Windy City Chicago? <laughs> yeah, she said no. That's the Girl. chilly city because it snows there. But okay. Uh, um, but, but, but San Francisco is mad windy. It is. It's cold too, and it's cold. It's cold, and like August, you yeah. need a whole jacket. And it's a lot of fog going across the bridge and stuff too. Um. So yeah. So he gets the job and then they start in this conversation about what their future is going to look like and i'm like wait hold up because are y'all even like together together is it just a situation ship y'all just started fucking like two weeks ago like not that much time has passed right and she's like no i'll move to san francisco with you and i'm like oh girl, girl. A lot. I don't know about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that was interesting. And then after that, um, it seemed like Molly and her bo- her boyfriend were like at a work function for her law firm. It was like a bar, mm-hmm. it was like a bar association event or something. Something. And yeah. then um, you know, he didn't want to stay, like, because that's not his industry, it's not his people. And it's it, you kind of are like third wheeling it. But she did invite him, I think, to try to spend more time with him. And then well, they kind of got into a little, go, what? Go ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, they got into a little if because he like wanted to leave and she convinced him to stay. He feels as though he always does things to help her, but she never really compromised. And then what ended up happening is like mid conversation or argument discussion, she gets a call and come to find out Tiffany's missing. Yeah. But. They spent too much time on that, but so with the they spent the Asian much time with the Asian Bay and Molly thing. <laughs> I look at it this way because I think you know being a plus one at an event, you kind of like you you have to get your mind right, and you have to like you know really get yourself in a place like I'm just here for her. Molly's right. coworker came over and wanted to invite them to like keep the party going, you know, somewhere else a bar down the street or whatever and mm. you know molly was like yeah sure okay but i guess asian bay didn't sign up for all of that like he wanted to get home and watch looking for latoya reunion 
And right. did they even find Not her? Really. I don't even know. No, they're still looking. <laughs> <laughs> still looking. <laughs> but I think, you know, it just escalated like unrealistically to me because Molly was like, they finally get home and then Molly's like, all right, I'm gonna take a nap. Like they had been day drinking. He wanted to watch the reunion and she was like, no, nah, don't watch it without me. And then that's what precipitated the conversation about, I always do everything that you say. You never want to do anything I want to do. And I think that was a bit much based on watching the reunion or not in that moment. Like he could have said- it was, it was more than that. It was more than that. To his point, he was, was like, you come to the, the baseball game with my brother. You didn't do this. And, and I mean, I can see his point, but to me it wasn't worthy. It was like, let's have a discussion and we said. Well, I mean, I think, but with that, like he could have just said, okay, I won't watch it without you. And I've done that plenty of times where my boyfriend's like, I'm going to take a nap. Don't watch 90 Day Fiance without me or don't watch something without me. I'm like, okay, sure. But if my <laughs> headphones are within reach, he can go ahead and take that nap and I'm going to watch it. But then I'll just act like I didn't. I do that all the time. That is cheating. <laughs> I take that very, very seriously. If I'm like, hey, I want to watch something with you. And I'll be able to tell because it's just like, hey, I want to watch it with you. No, because you're be faking the funk on the parts where you should be surprised. It, to me, I take that very seriously. If I want to watch something with someone, I want to experience mm. it for the first time with them. Gee, don't go and watch it without me. When I explicitly said I wanted to watch it with you, that shit hurts the hell out of my feelings. And it's like, it's borderline. I mean, it's not cheating, like sleeping with someone else. But it, 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 it's, it's the same. It's cheater energy. It's cheaterific energy. If I, well, don't, I don't like it, it, it's cheating adjacent. Not really, but he got he got out of it because so. <laughs> Kelly called and then um, Latoya, not Latoya, um, Tiffany was missing, and mm -hmm. Molly had to leave anyway. So he could have just watched it then, once she was gone. Right, right. Only she did not go with her to go look for. Um, it's funny because he wanted to watch looking for Latoya. That's funny looking for Tiffany. <laughs> yeah, and they found her real quick. <laughs> the question is, yeah. So I'm just, confused though. Can we talk? Because mm -hmm. she went to the like she went to the little Mexican spot. She went to the go drink margaritas at the airport bar, which seemed weird to me. Yeah, yeah. And then, she, and then she went to like the Mexican spot and got tacos. But when she was on the camera in the Mexican spot, she had a long weed. When they found her down at the Sheridan. She must have took her weed out and washed her hair. I was confused. Yeah. So the subtext is that she's dealing with postpartum depression. I don't really know how postpartum depression works, but if she just wanted some margaritas and some tacos. Tacos? She could have just told somebody. Yeah. And I don't think that, you know, just getting a room at the Sheridan for the night is what um postpartum depression is about and i don't it's not, also don't i don't they really that, missed the point yeah because they never they never actually say she has she has postpartum depression it's like it's a no, to. it's yeah but i don't think a you hug know? in the doorway of the sheridan is gonna solve everything and so i think some that's, will. but i think that's what my issue with like the whole <laughs> time frame of insecure is that they present a topic, they don't really flesh it out. It's very, you know, like surface, but you're supposed to, they kind of retcon all of these scenarios. And then retcon means um, retroactive. Retcon, I was going to say, what's that mean? Okay. It means retroactive continuity. So they kind of drop a piece of information, a new piece of information that's supposed to explain stuff that happened off screen or off camera or in between scenes. Got but you. They, but they don't, they kind of introduce the topic, they sit on that bus for like forever, and then they find her at the Sheraton, and then now I guess magically she's cured of her postpartum depression. Because, because she took a shower and took her leave out. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I feel like the discussion around postpartum depression, like they wanted, because yeah. in, the in the after show, which I also watch, which is basically like a little three, four minute discussion about what happened mm -hmm. in the episode. Mm -hmm. um, 
I feel like they were like, oh, yes, we tackled this topic. But I'm like, but did you really? Because you never actually said yeah. the words depression. And you, and you didn't yeah. tackle it in any meaningful way. It's kind right. of, it was really indicative of how the Black community can sometimes deal with issues around mental health, which is very, like, evasive or beat around the bush or yeah. retconish. Yeah. I learned a new word and I used it. <laughs> but, yeah. And then, and then there was also, like, some potential, like, police, for police brutality yeah, yeah. overstepping mm-hmm. that was like kind of like the cop was like i ain't got time for this shit today he was like oh, he was cute though he was real cute he was, he was like, i try to be on the news i try not to kill today. i try to shoot nobody not yeah. on today go about y'all white yeah. negroes but i thought it would have been <laughs> more interesting if like she had a dude in the room with her or like something because i'm like that's, that's not- it I'm like, oh, I think he thought for a second that she might be in there cheating. But all she all she said was, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." I'm like, "I'm sorry, sorry. For what, girl. You ain't bring me no tacos. You ain't right. give me no guacamole or nothing." Mm-mm-mm. That's it. Well, going from what you got any last topics on Instacart? No, just some final thoughts <laughs> on yes. Um, so, like we said, Condoleezza's pregnant. I don't know what they're going to do for next season, you know, because she came in and she was like, listen, Lawrence, I'm pregnant, which I thought y'all talked, you know, before last episode and you didn't mention then right. you weren't pregnant then. Like it didn't come up in that conversation. Um, right. Then she was like, I'm going to have the baby. You know, you don't have to be in the baby's life at all, but she didn't want to go down to Planned Parenthood and get taken care of, which is within her right. <laughs> but, did she get an abortion with her ex-husband? Yeah, she said she wasn't ready right. to have kids. Which her whole, but she had a whole husband. I mean, again, some people, just because you married a baby, that's true. But she, but she ready now. Yeah. So and Lawrence was like, Lawrence was like, I don't want this. Why do straight people act like when they be having sex without a condom that pregnancy like potential like i feel like every time as a straight person you be having sex you should know that like having a baby is the outcome yeah, yeah. otherwise you'd be gay Pretty much. Hey, um, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> episode ends with i just don't get i don't get the, the surprise uh-huh, go ahead yeah so molly and Issa um sit down for a chat at the ethiopian restaurant um i did have like one question about when did Issa get a balcony with a nice ass view. Bomb ass view. It was like some Hollywood Hill shit. Yeah. I was confused too. Cause they had yeah. the, the drone camera did the pull away. And I was like, yeah. oh, she got a nice little piece of real estate. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she got that cause she's the property manager now or was. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I don't know. We'll see what happens in season five. I kind of just want Lawrence to get <laughs> hit by a bus or something. So that she oh, can God, just, just go away. Go away. She's gonna go back to she's gonna go back to Nathan. It's just real tired. Yeah. Honestly, I thought this season overall was probably my least favorite season because this is a 30-minute comedy. It wasn't funny, really. Um yeah. the the entire last episode could have been done in 10 minutes. It didn't need to be 30 at all. It was there was yeah. like you said, it was it was kind of like very lackluster and a lot of wasted time on things mm-hmm. that didn't matter. Um it's gonna be like pulling teeth to get me to watch season five. But we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, HBO is not canceling Insecure, but they are canceling Maurice's favorite film of all time, Gone with the Wind. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I did. In light of, you know, all of the racial stuff that's going on, they said that... um, they decided to take it down because, you know, of the depictions of slavery that, that, um, that it had. Um, I had issues with the whole process, though, because, um, what's his name? So the guy who did 12 Years a Slave was the one who was kind of like leading this whole movement to get, um, I think it's Ridley. Uh, the, the, Ridley? the director. Yeah. Is it John Ridley? Mm, John Ridley? No, it's not John Ridley. Um, hold on. Well, somebody from that movie um, was leading the, this whole kind of movement to say that um, 
Steve McQueen. Not Steve. The McQueen. director. It wasn't. Okay. Then it wasn't director. Um. So anyway, he was saying that. Oh, John um, Ridley. Yeah, John Ridley. Who? What was okay, his he's title? A producer. Producer. He was, he was the writer. He was. He, no, he wrote it. He wrote it and produced. Okay. So. Um, he said that the depictions of slavery in Gone with the Wind were problematic. But I'm like, you mm-hmm. did a slave movie too. So is it my slave movie is better than your slave movie? And, Good point. you know, take theirs down and leave mine up? No. Gone, Gone with, with the, the Wind had better fashions. <laughs> Gone <laughs> with the Wind was like, it was an epic movie. Um, it was like four and a half hours long. It was based on a book by Margaret Mitchell um, in 1939 was when the movie came out. Um, Hattie McDaniel yeah. was the first black woman to win an Oscar. Yeah, Hattie McDaniel was the first black woman to win an Oscar for that role. But it didn't have anywhere near the graphic nature of slavery that 12 Years a Slave had. John Ridley was saying that they were kind of romanticizing the role of the slave. And I'm like, yeah. But I think it's just to understand that things happen in context, in historical context. At that, in that time, such grotesque nudity and such grotesque violence would not be permissible on the screen. So, like, mm-hmm. the film is, direct, is, is reflective of the time in which it exists. And I feel like it's art and it should be protected. And I think that, you know, everything exists in the context and the framework mm-hmm. of the time in which it's created. People are not going to look that kindly on his film in a smooth four years, let alone eighty. Like, yeah. So I feel like I feel like we're kind of getting in this generation that is a little bit too, dare I say, sensitive, and can't seem to like delineate their own personal triggers or, or ideology and place them in a historical context and look and look at things objectively. It's very, it's just everything's very, very subjective. And I think that that is dangerous. I mean, I watched Gone with the Wind once. I'll probably never watch it again. But I think it's an important film. And that the film, for, not only for cinema, cinema, wait, what did I say? Since Ooh, you cinema? are drunk. Yeah. <laughs> but from a cinematic perspective, but also from a historical perspective. And we can't just, we can't center our history or erase just because it's not appropriate today or it's not how we view the world should be today. I just totally disagree mm-hmm. with that. Like, why pull it down? For what? Well, they pulling down them statues everywhere too. <laughs> which I also, which I also disagree with because you know well, what? I look at it like this. Go ahead. Give your point. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I feel like, you know, yes, there's lots of statues of people who were, you know, explorers, but were really colonizers, slave traders, you know, rapers, pillagers, you know, who committed lots of genocide. I get that. But at the time in which those statues were erected or made, it was to honor them and how we view people at that time. But sometimes history is not as kind because we grow, we learn as a culture, as a society, and a collective as we should. However, I think that, you know, when you put someone cast an iron up as a statue like Frank Rizzo, who was a known racist, or like a Christopher Columbus, that it, it reveres them and it exalts them on a literal pedestal and says that they're worthy of this public recognition and honor. But I think that also taking down the statues is dangerous because. It, 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 it negates the fact that our perceptions and views to people, it's, it's, it's basically cancellation culture because it negates the yeah. fact that our perceptions and, and views about people can change, but that doesn't erase the fact that they existed and that if we don't have a public reminder of these people who did bad things, and we, we as the public can recognize consciously that they're not to be celebrated, but it also reminds us not to repeat those mistakes. If we take down these statues, how are we going to remember Christopher Columbus? I don't think he should have a holiday, but I don't think the statue should be torn down either. Some people have said put them in museums, but no one wants to go to the Museum of Hate. So what's that going yeah, to do? No. Leave them and start erecting statues of other people who we believe should be honored. But I just don't agree with the pulling down of the statues. To me, it seems, again, like erasure. Our history is not great. 
but that doesn't mean that you just take out all the bad parts because you're going to be bound to repeat them if you do. Yeah, I think it's a tough topic because history is important. And, you know, if we don't know the history, then, you know, you're doomed to repeat it. And I think in the times of these people, you know, (sighs) Christopher Columbus was an explorer. He was paid to find the quickest route he could to India. He ended up somewhere. He, he didn't know where he was going. Um, and, but subsequently, all the stuff that happened after that, yes, that is terrible and that is bad. Um, but we, it almost seems that we're very selective in what we want to tear down or what they want to tear down. I ain't tearing down nothing. But, you know, so obvious targets are Christopher Columbus, um, the Confederate statues that they're tearing down. Um, Robert E. Yeah. But uh, what are we going to do about George Washington? Are y'all storming Mount Vernon like that? Because he owned a lot of slaves. His wife owned even more. Um, Like, y'all going to stop? Y'all going to stop spending $5 bills? No, who's Jefferson? No, no, that's Lincoln. I don't know the girl. I don't know the money. <laughs> and we know what Thomas Jefferson was doing with his slaves, with all them. Um, hey, Sally. Hey, Sally. Sally. Girl. Sally Hemings. Yeah. And so <laughs> then, you know, I. It just I don't I just don't know where where it stops. Um, I think, you know, personally, still so I'm from the South, and. Yeah, you know, South Carolina was part of the Confederacy, where the Civil War started at Fort Sumter outside of Charleston. You know, there's a history in that. And I went to college on a plantation. Like, my college Mm -hmm. campus was a legit, actual plantation. Like, the big house was still there. I never went in because there was, like, a urban legend that if you went inside, you wouldn't graduate. So like, I just never went outside, never went inside. And then they actually have one of the slave quarters, like right in the middle of campus. Is it really an urban legend or a plantation legend? Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, what, what do we do in that instance where, you know, that college wouldn't exist if, you know, it was not a plantation first, you know? And, and just like, where, where does it kind of stop? And like, you know, looking at the history of, of things, you know, we do have to kind of look critically and, you know, really learn the lessons from the plat- from the past and, you know, kind of move forward. Right. The people. It's just, it's, it's tough because I know right now people are angry and upset and, you know, we do have this cancel culture where it's like, get rid of everything. And it kind of, you know, doesn't really work that way. Right. I feel like sometimes people are trying to like exercise their own personal demons on a collective scale in society and culture. But the thing about society and culture and and history is that it's shared. It's collective. It's not only yours. Like if you want to forget about the bad things that happened in your life personally, you're absolutely apt to do that. You can do that. But again, it doesn't really work like that because it's always going to be a part of you. Like there's, we all have things that happen to us in our childhood or in our youth that it's dark or that it's, not great or that might be sad but guess what it also made you who you were and would you erase that from your past or would you erase the memory of that from your past maybe in some instances yes but maybe in some instances no i don't know maybe i'm just trying to get too deep and philosophical but i just feel like you know the cancellation culture it can be dangerous but then there's also times when it can be good and i do think that one good thing that has come from the cancellations this week is cops I grew up, well, remember seeing that, that show Cops? Mm-hmm. I remember the theme song, the print, like the text is like emblazoned in my mind. And I just remember mm-hmm. watching that show as a young boy and just seeing white officers roughing up, running down, driving their car up on the curb, shooting at or pulling their gun on black men. And I think that the show, it was a reality show, let's be real. And it made policing a reality show. I'm sure it got a lot of people wanting to be police and this depiction of policing was one that was violent, one that was like um, adversarial with the community, and one that targeted lots of black people. 
And to see that for, I think, what, 31 years it was on the air, and now it's to be canceled, I think that that's a great thing that it was. Because it's just, I think that it just doesn't have room to exist in our world anymore, especially in this difficult in this country. So I will give that one kudos to canceling cops. <laughs> I just, that show was a mess. Like, it came on Fox, I believe. Uh huh. And it was always, that's the, where the term wife beater came from. Because nice. whenever they went on like a call, the guys always had on a tank top. <laughs> Anytime it was a domestic violence call, he always had on the tank top. And they called it. Mm. He's wearing a white, a white beaver. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a mess. So you know, I think that you know, hopping from all the stuff that's been happening, all the civil unrest and all the protests and discussion around police brutality and the state of policing mm-hmm. and just the black experience in this country. Oprah, who I still am very fond of. I know a lot of other people have been trying to cancel Oprah for a few years now. Well, I mean, that's I just I'm not. I'm not in that camp, but again, like, Oprah ain't perfect, but that don't mean she got to be canceled. But she did host, like, this, like, Zoom meeting with, like, Amy May and Charles Blow and some other politicians and some other thought leaders within the community and other academics. Mm -hmm. And it was called Where Do We Go From Here? And I watched it. It was a two-part special. Did you watch it? Hell no. They had a lot of people that I do not feature on there, like Stacey Abrams. It was two nights, and then it was actually the first night was the night of the elections in Georgia. And Mm -hmm. Stacey Abrams ain't posed nothing about them elections in Georgia. And I was like, girl. And they were a mess, huh? Well, she she founded that whole fair fight election, um, fair election thing after she lost the gubernatorial race to Kemp right. um, in 2018. And so I would have mm-hmm. thought that she would have been invested in, you know, how that um, voting cycle was gonna, was gonna play out for the primaries in Georgia. But mama said, uh-uh, I do not care. <laughs> Cause she was on own getting that Oprah check and- right. She's just trying to be vice president, which is, again, I think she's just tacky in the way she's going about it. But hey. Well, they didn't even call her. But they surely did. She says she hasn't heard from the. But so. I mean, so you didn't watch it. I, didn't, mm-hmm. I, I watched like the first night and half the second night, then I turned that shit off because it's like, you know what? It's, I think that I have fatigue. I know I have Zoom fatigue. And, I'm, and, I, and to a certain extent, I have fatigue regarding the incessant discussion around Black Lives Matter, police brutality, policing, and equity in the Black community. Okay. And I know that it might be controversial to say, no, I'm not tired of being Black, but it, it is a lot. It's exhausting. People have forgotten that we're going through COVID too, which is a lot on the fucking mind, the emotional body. But I just watched the show and I was like, I'm not getting anything from this. I've heard these talking points. I've read these talking points. I've contemplated them myself. And then I kind of had like the aha moment, pun intended, that maybe this was not for me. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? Then who was it for? I, for white people. I don't, think it, I don't think it was for me specifically as someone who reads about these topics that, you know, in academia on these topics, I really didn't walk away from it learning anything new or having any challenge to viewpoint. I mean, I think okay. that the redundancy of the over-awareness can be exhausting on your mental capacity when your emotional and spiritual capacity is already drained because of these issues. It's like, okay. don't get me wrong, these are very important issues to discuss, but I think that in the Black community, I, at least, not even speak for the community, I'll speak for myself. Uh-huh. I, as a Black person, feel a duty to keep up with everything that's happening and to watch all the news and to hear this and hear that. But then what I find is that it's hurting me more than it's harming me. And at some point, you have to be like, stop. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it can be a lot, but I feel like you can't even say that because then when you say that, people feel like, oh, well, you're you're not down for the cause. And it's like, no girl, I am, but like, how much more do I need to give myself? 
Yeah, because it's like, it gets to be a lot. And especially, um, it's not really on us right now. I think that there is um, a lot of white guilt and a lot of white people trying to figure out what they can do and how they can do it right. And, you know, what is the best um, way to be an ally and like, not just say you support, but actually show support for Mm. communities of color. And, but at the same time, people also want to hear from the black community. And they kind of want us to tell them what to do and tell them how to do it. This relates to my tens, so we'll talk about it oh, later, too. Oh, okay, I, I do feel you, but, but, but no, 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 it's totally fine, because it's absolutely relevant, but it's just, it's, it, it's, it's boring, it's exhausting, that now <laughs> people are relying on us to tell them and educate them about the oppression that they inflict upon us. It's just like, it's adding it's add insult to injury. It's like, you have Google, go find the information yourself. I, but, I mean... <laughs> I understand like the fatigue of it, but you know, if someone is really putting forth like an honest effort, you know, to say, I don't understand how or what I can do, but I'm Mm -hmm. open and willing and, you know, wanting to learn how to do that in a appropriate way and a respectful way. And, you know, just putting up a, a, screenshotted picture of something is not the way to do it and i think that a lot of people across social media they feel like that's what they have to do and that's enough and it's really not and if someone comes to you and say and says you know hey i'm having um trouble feeling figuring out how to be an ally in the appropriate way and you know if they really are seeking that advice and that guidance, I think, you know, it is on us to help them Mm -hmm. and teach them because, you know, if they're willing to learn and listen and, you know, not just say, but actually do, then I think that's also important, so. Right. See, I'm not, I'm I'm, I'm too tired to teach anybody, but what I can do is is direct you to sources where you can teach yourself because I just don't have the time. I'm sorry. Because again, for me, it's just like, it's fatigue on top of fatigue. Yeah, but I mean, I get what you're saying, though. Get some caffeine, and <laughs> maybe we'll have some energy for it. Well, well speaking about activism, <laughs> there's been lots of things that have been happening in that space, specifically when it comes to companies. Um, and this also kind of relates to my tens. <laughs> but companies who are taking a role in the social movement and taking a role mm-hmm. in a stance on Black Lives Matter. Um, and I think that that's great, but I also have some skepticism around that. However, most recently, Starbucks yeah. got into some hot water. Pun intended. That was... <laughs> this stuff be too um, hot. You have, to get, you have to get the kids' temperature because I'm sitting there waiting 30 minutes for my coffee to cool down. I'm like, girl. Yes. Starbucks was in hot water over saying that their employees could not uh, wear any Black Lives Related Black Lives Matter related paraphernalia, shirts, hats, yeah. anything. Buttons, um, pins. Then, right. And then there was a lot of pushback, an internet campaign, a change.org petition. But it's like, I wish people just change.org petitions for like the school superintendent. But anyway. Um, <laughs> You know, all this petition that an online. It is an elected position, but you can also have a petition okay. or be, get involved with at that level at your you know local education. But it's not as sexy as you know Starbucks caramel macchiatos and such. But anyway, people care so much about Starbucks that they did all this challenging online activism to get um, Starbucks to kind of backtrack and say, well. We are going to allow our employees to wear their Black Lives Matter paraphernalia or, you know, um, garments, pins, 
However, the reason that we told them that they couldn't was because we were ordering Starbucks branded t-shirts and pins and such to give to the employees as a part of their uniform. Uh-huh. And I was like, mm-hmm, girl, this is very much like a stretch and very much like an opportunistic lie. And especially given last year, was it last year when Starbucks in Philadelphia on Walnut and 20th had that issue? It was like three years ago. Was it three? It was, it was, mm-hmm. I feel like we had the podcast when that happened, though. It was that mm-hmm. long ago? It was, it was right before we started. Okay. Well, yeah. like, that was a big issue. And um, and just to say the issue, there was two black guys sitting in the Starbucks and they kicked them out because he asked to use the bathroom and they were waiting for their friend. Um, but, friend, in air quotes. Uh, older, uh, older white gentleman. And they was some gays. It was a situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but with that, but, <laughs> they should have done, like, the Starbucks in Europe. Like, if you buy something the code to the restroom is on the receipt on your receipt yeah right. and it's like not a problem in in, mm-hmm. in europe i'm like everybody knows you got to buy something in the bathroom however so starbucks said that you know and i think a good that they were ordering black lives matter t-shirts but then it's like i don't think that starbucks really has the right to kind of commodify and brand and now make black lives matter their corporate thing so i really that's why i they do it for pride nation but then someone made the point that, hey, how are you going to tell employees that they can't wear Black Lives Matter stuff, but then you compel them or force them to wear Pride stuff during Pride Month? And I'm like, good yeah. point. And then, but I think because maybe over time, and this is some of the reason that I've kind of gotten disgusted with Pride over the years, is because Pride has become so commercialized and commodified. And we've talked about that before. But I was just like, hmm, Starbucks, I don't know if I believe you. Well, most of the Starbucks are closing down anyway because they're going to the to-go only model because there is a Chinese company, I believe it's called Lucan um, Coffee and they do everything on the app. And mm-hmm. it's like, you really just, you go pick up and leave. You don't sit in there. You don't, they don't even have like seats. It's just a counter and your order is waiting. Um, right. And then also oh, so is the coffee shop is dying. Like the more like just working in there all day and hanging out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the Starbucks here, they, like, just opened up um, for to-go orders. And I passed by when I was walking to Whole Foods, and it's like you have to, like, knock on the glass. They have all the the coffee, like, sitting in the window. And then you have to, like, point to your name. And then they have to unlock the door and then reach the and hand the coffee out to you. I'm like, that is too much. Um, um, I just went to Starbucks this morning and like walked in and got my coffee. They, but they were like, so they were like, what's your name? And they handed it to me. But I was, mm-hmm. I was like, it's still Corona on his door. Yeah. yeah but, like, <laughs> <laughs> Real uh, uh, uh. but then another company that's doing good, the opposite of Starbucks is Uber Eats. Uber Eats said that they're canceling any delivery fees for black owned restaurants through the end of 2020. So I think mm-hmm. that's a good way that a corp. What? <laughs> I do not fuck with Uber Eats because no man. <laughs> I just don't. Because there's like a hierarchy. I do this caviar. caviar. That's like top level. Like they are so nice. They get your order uh-huh. right. Everything. <laughs> then it's like Grubhub. DoorDash and Uber Eats are like on the same level. Where's Postmates fall? I don't do them because their delivery fee is like a bit too high for me. And they don't have restaurants, at least not in Philadelphia. Yeah. Like no. they don't have as many restaurants as all the others. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like Seamless is not a thing in Philly either, is it? No, not here. Yeah. 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 Other cities, you have a Seamless. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I think it, it was a nice effort on behalf of Uber to say, hey, if you want to order from Black-owned restaurants, support Black-owned businesses, you know, if this $1.99, $2.99, the fee is deterring you, hey, you don't have that anymore. Let's give these Black restaurants some business. And I'm like, does but, that whole fee really stop people from ordering? I guess sometimes it does, because if I see, like, free fee, I'm more apt to order. Yeah. But also, when you order through these apps, that um, company takes such a large percentage of the, the money. So it's better to, mm. like, call the restaurant and see if they have their own delivery versus right. doing the app-based ordering because like sometimes 30 40 percent of that money goes to 
Uber Eats or Caviar or Postmates or whatever. Wow. That's on insane. top of the service fee and delivery fee and this fee and that fee. And, t- and then the tip on top of that too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if Uber wants to offer black riders free rides, I'd be down for that as a next step. <laughs> free rides for 2020. Oh, no. You're not getting that. <laughs> All right. Is that one of the categories? Yes. Also, another company. Um, so, Band Aid Brand. Oh, oh, yes. They released um, that they're going to develop or produce. Is it five different skin tones and not just the yes. nude one? Yeah. So they right, not they late. Not white nude. They're so yeah. late. Like I mean and the didn't like Did you see the, the colors? They don't like skin tones. No. It's weird. It's hard to replicate. I don't know. Yeah. It's just it's like a doo doo brown. It's like a, yeah. a, a caramel toffee. It's just, it's like, eh, I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. But what's going to happen? Like, are y'all going to offer? Better. Huh? She got, oh, she got better new colors. She got, she got better colors with the, with the skins. So mm. I'm still waiting on my. So I'm still calling the key. Oh, you ordered ass from her? Yeah. You're a mess. I support. <laughs> uh-huh, I see. Did you order a bra too? They support her. I'm not. <laughs> Moving on to our next category, it's time for I said what I said. What I said. Go ahead, Marie. So my I said what I said for this week. Um, you know we are in the midst of some, you know, racial situations and turmoil and um, just. A lot going on in regards to race and racism in this country. And I do not know who put it on their agenda at the top of their list of demands is that we need to have a Black Bachelor on the Bachelor <laughs> franchise on ABC. So, like a decade late and like a $100 short. This is like the 25th season of wow. like the whole bachelor stuff like 25 years but i think they have multiples per year so i don't think it's been 25 years just like 25 cycles of um this bachelor bachelorette shit um so after that many seasons they have a fan base that's already solidified and it ain't black so they'll have they'll throw one or two black contestants every cycle and they almost always get eliminated the first night maybe the second week uh depending (laughs) depending on how cute their body is they might make it Mm. a few few weeks but they're not getting the fantasy bait they're not going (laughs) to get the go to the hometown yeah they're not getting that um and so Throwing a black bachelor in at this point, I don't think it's a good look. His name is Matt James, and he looked corny he looks as so corny. Fuck. He looks like it looks like you don't that, have no black friends. He look he looks like that guy, the black guy with no black friends, like at all. And I, I checked his social media, and he does not have any. <laughs> And I'm really, I'm not even 100% sure that he's straight because he's always in this picture, in pictures with um, this guy named Tyler Cameron, tagged in every picture. They're always in a state of like undress, like shirts off, hugged up. And it's just like a little bit suspect. Um, Are you both? Tyler's cute. Yeah, he's cute. Yeah. But, um, so Matt is biracial. Um, his mom is white. I think that I Oh, wait. Actually, oh, oh. oh, this is, remember a few weeks ago? This is Matt. This is him. So remember a few weeks ago, and I said that he has that, that company in New York City that, like, offers the food tours to kids? That's him. 
Oh God! I thought the I thought Tyler Cameron was his boyfriend. Oh, bitch! Because <laughs> I follow both of them. Oh, he's Girl, for sure gay. He's yeah. for sure gay. <gasps> Exclusive. So, so yeah. I mean, just of all the struggles and all the the things that we want in terms of equality, a black bachelor is not it. Um, I don't think it's gonna be, it would be more impactful if it was like an all black cast, like only black women, only black men. But we got flavor of love for that. (laughs) (laughs) We got other things for that. And so like, do we don't even, do we even need the black bachelor? Cause he's not gonna pick a black woman. It's not. That's, that's it's, a guarantee. He's going to pick a woman. Right. <laughs> and it's only... Oh, no, this is some tea. Going, it's only going to anger people when he does not choose a Black woman. And so it's like, we got to pick our battles, and this was not one of them. So ABC, y'all tried it. I guess it's a step forward, but it's about to be two steps back when they get down to it so oh my god i i follow him on instagram he's one of my insta thoughts i did not realize that he was allegedly straight because he's and his instagram reads very very very, very, very homosexual yeah yeah shocked <laughs> they're trying to pull the wool over our eyes oh man wow. Homosexuality. I need the more drink. Oh my god. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so my I said what I said. Again, it goes to earlier, you know, in these days and ages, when you're tired of watching the CNNs and the MSNBCs, and you just want to escape from the news cycle, you're tired of hearing about black men getting shot in the back and black trans women being killed and dropped in the water and black girls going missing and the police just out here acting okay. mess. You need a break. Yeah, that's too much. You need a break. I'm sorry, you need a break. Because it is, it is, it, 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 it's, it's waning and I am, I'm weary. And I'm sorry, I just want to turn on something mindless and escape. And I turn to the Netflix and the Hulus of the world. And the Amazon. The long intro, girl. <laughs> But when you go to these platforms to escape from the pain and the trauma and the tragedy of being Black in America, you are greeted on the opening page with a banner that says, more than a movement, or Black art or Black features. And then it's like, oh, hey, guys, we at Netflix decided to get a whole collection of films together about the same shit that you're viewing on CNN. Because where do you come for your escape where you just want to watch Queer Eye or some dumb shit, some feel-good shit? We want you to now endure and consume more content about Black pain, Black suffering, and Black murder. I know, and this goes to the point that, you know, we're having a pivotal and serious discussion. And I'm really hopeful because the discussion is now being participated amongst people who don't who are not black and i feel like that's where the real change is happening because white people have the ability and power to deconstruct racism as they are the architects of it and they benefit from it but i'm sorry i do think it's kind of like a misstep to just you know spoon feed them the information that's readily available to them anyway they don't need a collection of you know films like you know 13th the 13th documentary and the uh, Central Park Five and uh, Radio Raheem and all the Spike Lee movie, like it's just to, to center it and spoon feed it to them. As a black viewer, I pull up well the platform and it's just like, okay, again, I'm reminded of it. You know, um, and to me, it's just like y'all don't do this shit during Black History Month. Y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all don't center your content and your program around black joy, how come it's always based on black pain when we're dealing with enough of it? And I just think for me, it, 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 it just doesn't sit well. And it, it, for me, was triggering and it pissed me off. Well, 
I mean, I it's I think the stuff that they're choosing is probably not the best um, stuff, right? Because Baps and the Jeffersons, that ain't it. And that it's ain't not on that list. Y'all, nothing about you know. But Baps and Jeffersons is on the list. It's usually th- like films like Malcolm X. It's very serious films where like black people are getting mm. every film I look. Black people are. It's about poverty. It's about drugs, or it's about black people being killed, murdered, maimed, or, or traded, or being enslaved. It's like all based in black pain. Mm, okay. Um, some of the stuff I, I saw is just like random collections of black entertainment stuff. And uh-huh. it just wasn't, I don't know who curated it or if they use an algorithm or whatever, but it, it just didn't seem that the intention of, you know, let's educate the world or let's, you know, enlighten people who are not so enlightened. It's just, you know, the stuff that they were choosing or highlighting it was not good quality or didn't show anything valid um but it's like but do you have to highlight it like you provided do you have to like not have a collection of it and just like i don't know to me it was just a misstep and it's like i don't think a black person was in the room when they discussed doing that you know what i'm saying like you know and there's but it only but the fact that they did highlights that and that's the issue that is the, therein lies the issue, well, you know? And I get like, okay, but the road to hell is paved with good intentions. But for me, it was a, t- a total, total misstep. But hey, and I said what I said. Do you have a 10 this week? I do. Um, I was going to give my 10 to Bubba Wallace, who is the NASCAR um, driver. He's the only African-American um nascar driver in full time i think mm. there's a lot of qual- qualifiers on his title um but he put out a petition not a petition but he put out statements about saying how they need to remove the confederate flag from um from nascar stadiums and stuff so nascar said they would um and that was over but um my real tense this week is going to a Canadian woman by the name of Sasha Exeter. Um, she's an influencer on um, on Instagram, social media. So she put out um, uh, some posts, and she was saying how um, someone who is very power- powerful in, I guess, Canadian entertainment world, um, Jessica Mulroney, uh, was basically oh. trying to get her blackballed um in the industry so she kind of put out like this generic you know um post about you know white people need to step up and be allies and learn from you know this this moment that we're in and you know figure out ways to support people of color and she didn't she didn't say anyone's name or anything in her post but you know hit dog mm-hmm. with holler and allegedly Jessica Mulroney um started dming her and threatening her and threatening to um to basically ruin her livelihood and the godmother um, of archie well they didn't release the names of the godmothers and so it was so um then sasha puts out another post saying you know this is what's going on she's being kind of threatened by jessica um threatened with legal Mm -hmm. action things like that and in Jessica's responses, she was saying that, um, you know, she alluded to her friendship with, with uh, Meghan Markle and, you know, just being friends with one of the, if not, yeah, one of the most high profile Black women in the world. I guess Jessica felt like she, could, she can't be racist or anything she does is not racist because- My best friend's a Black princess. Yeah, and so, um, so Jessica basically has been canceled. <laughs> like, Good Morning America. She was a correspondent for Good Morning America. She had several shows on um, the Canadian. Good Morning TV. America. Or Good Morning Canada. No, she was like a style, um, 
segment on Good Morning America here in the U.S. And oh, Obama had, Lama? Yeah. <laughs> she had, she had um, a show called I Do Redo in uh, Canada. And she was working with, like, brands there and stuff like that. So they uh, let her go um, very swiftly, very swift response. And I watched The Social today, a segment on The Social. And one of the... Um, it's like the Canadian view. The Canadian, the view. Yeah. So <laughs> one of the women on there was actually Sasha's aunt. And so, mm. you know, she just spoke very pointedly about how, as a Black person, um, you are always kind of on edge, and especially when it comes to your work environment. And, you know, when Absolutely. you are in situations where, you know, I mean, it's definitely happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to most Black people that, you know, your voice isn't valid. You know, your your opinions kind of don't matter when you're sitting in that room. So sometimes if you are that, that brown person in the room, that person of color, your voice isn't valued, seen as important or valued. And so, you know, it takes a lot of courage to speak up in situations like that, especially with someone who's being, um, who's been so high profile as Jessica Mulroney, um, her proximity to Meghan Markle. Her husband is actually um, like the Canadian Ryan Seacrest, but he's straight. Um, and <laughs> so they, in the entertainment influencer world, like they, they have like this, this, this capital, this power. And, you know, Jessica, um, Sasha got, she has like a hundred and something thousand followers on, on Instagram. So she's doing okay. Um, but, you know, having her story be, you know, so valued and so, um, taken seriously was really important. So it took a lot of guts for her to, to speak up. So 10 for you. Sasha. 10 Sasha. Yes. All right. Well, my 10 this week goes to, um, it's going to be shared among several corporations since a lot of Americans look towards our corporate, uh, leaders and companies for uh, change and for accountability and for social responsibility, sometimes more so than our government, but that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> um, but these companies specifically announced that they would now be recognized Juneteenth as a company-wide holiday. Now, Juneteenth was June 19th, 1865, which was two and a half years after the end of the uh, Civil War and after, no, after the emancipation of, um, emancipation proclamation. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> this, I, the, the lemoncello. The emancipation proclamation, wherein slavery became outlawed in the land, but it wasn't until it went to Texas and it was actually communicated to enslaved Africans there in Texas that slavery was abolished due to the Emancipation Proclamation that it actually became practiced or enforced in the United States. So every year during, on June 19th, it is the actual commemoration of the freeing of enslaved persons in America. And oh, they're not going to have Saladun Day this year. Oh, they're not? That's always usually no. during Pride on Sunday, because I would always like go to the Pride Parade and have brunch and then go to Odun Day, you know? And it's always hot. They got to choose. But um, I would do those. <laughs> but um, so Twitter, Square, Nike, and Lyft are just some of the companies that announced that they will be recognizing Juneteenth as a company-wide holiday, probably not giving them 10, no, 11 holidays <laughs> throughout the year, um, a paid holiday for all employees. Everyone has off. Um, I think it's really great and interesting. And actually, like last week, I was talking with my mom just about Juneteenth and the holiday, and like I didn't really know anything about it as I was growing up as a youth, and just learning more about it and reading more. And we ended up deciding to do our own Juneteenth celebration. So this Friday, we're going to be having a Juneteenth barbecue down at the house. So it should be cute. I'm gonna let you know how it goes next on next week's show. <laughs> Doing the most. Wait, hold up. Pause. What? Okay, never mind. Go ahead. I'll say, because you were you, you setting up to do something. I was going to say, don't do that. But that's all I had to say. So, um, tends to those companies for making Juneteenth for the holiday. I think that everybody should have it off. Get ready Columbus Day. Well, is it 
definitely off or do they say, oh, you can pick one or you can... Because some of them I get don't. from the company policies. Some because okay. some are like, oh, this will be a day of like company wide education, and I was like, mm. like it sounds like you're just trying I'm to throw like, a pizza out. party for Juneteenth. No, right. we don't want a pizza party. We want to be off, you know. And Juneteenth is on a Friday this year, and my mom's like, oh, can we do the barbecue on Saturday? I was like, no, you have to break, like the day that it's on. You don't celebrate Christmas on the twenty sixth. You don't celebrate Fourth of July on the fifth. You know, you have to do it on that day. But I don't know. It depends on when. Depends on when that paycheck hit, honey. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Thank you guys for joining us for another week of category. Is we'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Category Is. Be sure to like, rate, and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all things social media at Category Is Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can contact us at CategoryIsPod at gmail.com. Check us out on the web at CategoryIsPod.com.